here's the thing. I can't heal you. You can't do everything that I did and have the same outcome. My path is my path alone. However, I can tell you my story in hopes that it will inspire you to know yourself deeper, to connect to your inner divine self, and to remember that you are whole and you are love. The body can heal itself if you get out of your own way. And there are a lot of badass humans living their divine purpose that can share their wisdom and mirror your divine self back to you until you believe and embody it as truth. I'm Brittany Dobbs, and this is Waves of Love. Hi everyone, my name is Brittany Dobbs, and this is the very first episode of Waves of Love. I'm so excited to have you joining me on this journey. I started this podcast because in January of 2023, I decided I wanted to begin writing my journey about healing. And as I was revisiting all the stories and everything that have happened over the last six years and really my whole life, I was having a lot of like uncomfortable emotions and just reliving the traumas of the time. And so I decided instead to start interviewing people that had helped me along the journey to kind of help me revisit and and reflect uh, how far I've come, but also like what we did during the time we had worked together. And I really enjoyed it. And so I decided that a podcast would be a beautiful way to not only share my story, but to share the wisdom of those that have helped me along this way. And so I'm going to share a little bit about the accident. So if that's something you want to fast forward through, um, please, you know, do so and always do what feels best for you. So if that's something that you don't want to listen to, please go ahead. So where this all kind of started was in 2017, it was February of 2017, I was going to visit some friends in Norway and... I really love to do like fun, adventurous things when I was traveling. And so we decided on the second day I was there, we decided to go sledding down Korkatrucken. And I hope I said that right, Ingeborg. And it's it's called the corkscrew in English. So this was um, a toboggan run that anyone could rent a metal sled to go down now, but it had been in the Winter Olympics twice, one as a luge run and one as a bobsled run. And so now anyone that just wants to rent a sled and go down can. And so I was with some friends and we made it down the first time. And then you take the metro up to the top to go again. And so we did that. And when I stepped out of the metro car, I fell like pretty drastically and really like I really hurt myself. And I just stood up and I kept going. I should have probably taken that as a warning sign. Uh, instead I decided to get on the sled and go down, go down the run a second time. And this time we were further up the, up the mountain. And so it was like, there was like some new territory that I hadn't seen before. And so I got to this point where you could either go straight or you could turn right and going straight. It looked like it was going over a hill. So I wasn't actually sure it was part of the, the track, 
And so I hesitated though. And instead I decided to turn right. And as I turned right, because I hesitated, I ended up slamming into a wall on the left side of my body. And it like flung me from the wall to the ice where I slammed onto my body, knocked the wind out of me and hit my head. And in that moment though, I wasn't knocked out. Um, I knew something felt really wrong, but I was kind of in that survival mode because I was afraid another sled was going to come down the hill and was going to run over me or hit me. And so I was like, the first thing was like, get out of the way. So there actually was a guy that was in front of me that also ran into the wall. And so we both kind of looked at each other and was like, wow, that, that really hurt. (laughs) And I knew something was wrong. I like really didn't feel okay. Um, but I got back on my sled and kept going down to meet my friends at the bottom. And I went, when I got to the bottom, I was like, I hit a wall and I don't think I'm okay. And they were like, you seem okay. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that I am. Um, and so I don't remember what we did after that, but I know that night we were back at my friend's place and we called my other friend who was in the U S who's a nurse. And I was like, I hit a wall. I'm afraid I have a concussion. Uh, I really don't feel okay. And so she kind of like ran me through the signs of concussion and she like looked at my eyes and, um, you know, was just kind of like monitor it. And I was in Norway. Well, I was in Norway to see friends, but I was also in Norway because I was determined to see the Northern Lights. I was like, this is like, this is one of my bucket list items and I have got to see them. I'm here. So I didn't go to the hospital. There weren't really signs to go to the hospital. Uh, I was like, I could speak, I could see and And so I stayed, visited with the friends. I went up north to see the Northern Lights, and it was absolutely incredible. It was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. And then when I got home back to Nashville, I went to see the doctor. And they were like, well, just rest, you know, be in the dark and rest, which is now I know that's like not what you should do anymore. There's a lot of research saying that that is not the right approach anymore. Um, but this went on for a really long time. I went back a couple weeks later and was like, I'm still not okay. Like I like can't remember things. I can't speak correctly. Like I can't function. I'm exhausted. Like I can't like cooking for myself, taking a shower, just like everyday normal things like are not okay. And so they put me on some, and I also was in a ton of pain, like so much pain. Everything was stiff. Everything hurt. Like it was hard to sleep. So they put me on some muscle relaxers, painkillers, just, you know, a kind of cocktail of things to see what worked. And that went on for quite a while. I ended up getting like CT scans, MRIs, and all of those were quote unquote clear because I didn't have any like brain bleed or dead brain matter or anything like that. And so, which was really frustrating because it's really invalidating when everyone's like, you're fine, you're fine. And it's like, but I'm not fine. Like, I know this isn't my standard way of living. Like, I don't feel okay. I can't function like I did before. So I ended up going to see a neurologist and he put me on some seizure medicine. 
And that seizure medicine, you know, it interacts with your brain chemistry and it started making me feel worse. Like my emotions were unable to like, I could not regulate my emotions. I could not remember things anymore. Like it was like every symptom was getting worse and worse. And so I like called his office and I was like, this isn't working. And he was like, just give it a little bit longer. And I was like, this is not like, this isn't okay for my body. And he would not take me off of them. And so I ended up going to my general practitioner and was like, I'm not okay. And she like really could see that I was not okay. It was like my speech wasn't okay. Like I wasn't functioning. And so, and in that whole time, you know, it, it's such an interesting experience of how we put so much pressure on ourselves to like be okay. I was still trying to function in my everyday job. I worked at HBO in New York city living in Nashville. So I was working remotely and that was also an interesting experience because people weren't interacting with me in everyday life. And so they couldn't really see how things weren't okay for me. Um, and so anyway, I went to the general practitioner, she took me off the medicine, but that was kind of the defining moment for me of like, okay, like they had tried to get me in concussion clinics, but because I wasn't an athlete, I couldn't, I wasn't accepted to any concussion clinics. And I was like, who's going to help me? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm the only one that is going to help me. And so obviously I totally believe that there's a place for Western medicine. Like they do some incredible things for people and it wasn't going to be the way that was going to help me in this moment. And so throughout this journey, because I was really like, I was really adventurous. I had climbed Kilimanjaro like summer of 2016. This accident was February of 2017. I was really like loving to move, loving to, you know, do like spin classes and kickboxing and all these like adrenaline inducing um, exercises that when I like hit this wall, literally, um, I couldn't move anymore. Like I couldn't, my heart rate would, was not stable. I, I couldn't like even go on walks, like made me feel really weird and dizzy. And so I was working with a physical therapist to help me manage my heart rate and kind of learn how to work with that. And so it's kind of like you do a little bit till your heart rate gets to a certain point and you're feeling like a little bit weird. And then it's about how long it takes you to get back to um, like get back to a centered place. And so within that time, I found this incredible uh, yoga studio and I hadn't done a lot of yoga. I didn't want to do yoga ever because I was like, it's too slow. I don't understand it. Like, give me the high intense cardio activities. And that's what I want to do. Um, so I found this place that had just opened. It was called Inner Light Yoga. It's no longer there, sadly, but they did yoga to music. And music is like a huge part of my life. I sing. It's just like, it, it's part of my soul. And so I go in one night and I'm like, hey, I have a brain injury. I'm not sure that I can do yoga. And they were like, well, it's just a restorative class. So just give it a try. And so I remember going into MC's restorative class 
and we basically like laid on the floor the whole time. I mean, we did, you know, we did restorative poses and stuff, but it was like so relaxing. It was so wonderful. I left and kind of felt silly. I was like, well, I could definitely do that. And so, I mean, obviously that was meant to be because I don't know that I would have gone back if it had been like a really intense class. Um, and so I went to inner light yoga like every single day. It was a place that like I was kind of able to begin connecting with my body again. And so because of like the restrictions I had, I would have to wear a heart rate monitor and monitor like where my heart rate was at throughout the class. But also because of the extra like stimulation, I had to wear earplugs. And, and you could still hear a little bit, but when you put earplugs in, like it's really you and your body and your breath. And that was also a really new experience for me because I have a light, had a lifelong journey of really hating my body. Um, I was put on diets starting like somewhere between like seven and 10, like very young. Um, I've had lap band surgery, like I've had it removed. I've just had like this lifelong journey of really not liking the way that I look and liking the way that I feel in my body. And and so it's very confronting when in this moment, then it's like, but I'm trying to save this thing, this body that I've spent so many years hating. And so in order to save it, I need to connect to it. I didn't really know that at the time that that's what I was doing, but I started just going to yoga every single day, putting those earplugs in, listening to my breath, moving my body, feeling the sensations in my body. My body was in such incredible pain. And so, and then monitoring my heart rate, because if the heart rate got too high, I would get dizzy. So I'd have to like lay down. And so just kind of watching like where my heart rate was at and if I needed to kind of take a pause. And it's also a very humbling experience when you can no longer do something that would have seemed so easy to you like days before, you know? And so I did that every single day and I fell in love with yoga and um, I ended up quitting my job at HBO. I moved to Tanzania and I started a nonprofit there where I was working with ages two to five kids. Actually, before I dive into moving to Tanzania, I had started finding in Nashville amazing practitioners to work with. I started doing like massages. Uh, I started craniosacral therapy. I started physical therapy. I was working with like active release therapy. Uh, there were all these like new things that you know, I'd had a massage before, but I didn't know the power of the way that it could heal and work with your body. Um, and that was kind of the case with everything that I came across, because throughout this entire journey, I've met amazing, amazing humans that are so good at what they do and have so much wisdom and knowledge that it's like the right person just always shows up next. And so anyway, I moved from Nashville to, uh, to Tanzania and started working on this nonprofit with a brain injury, which 
you know, the nonprofit had kind of started a little bit before uh, the accident. And so it was kind of in full motion. There was this amazing group of humans that were coming to, they had raised a, a lot of money for the school and they were coming to visit. They were coming to see the kids. They were coming to um, like see what Tanzania was like. And so I was determined to do that because it was my happy place at that moment. Like Tanzania made me feel incredible and I didn't know what it was like about the land and about the people and the culture and, but it felt like home. It felt like a home that I had known before and, um, that I needed to be in, in this moment. And so, I decided to move there for a while. And while I was there, you know, everyone came to visit and I decided that I wanted to do a yoga teacher training because yoga still was playing a huge part in this healing. And so I just, I got on Google and I found a a 200 hour yoga teacher training in Bali. And I had been to Bali before in like 2014 with my family and I loved it. It was so beautiful. My mom and I had taken a couple yoga classes while we were there, but like it still was kind of one of those things that I was not interested in doing. And so it was really interesting to like be back in this place in 2018 that I had been four years earlier and like be in such like a totally different place. So I went to the 200 hour yoga teacher training and it was life-changing it like it changed everything and it was such a deep dive into myself and it also introduced me to a lot of teachers that have helped me along the way they keep they kind of kept showing back up throughout this six-year journey right when i needed them with new tools and new information and maybe old information, but um, information that was resonant with where I was at in that moment. And I think that's one of the most like important things that I've learned along the way is that, you know, you can hear something over and over again, but until you're ready for it, it's not the information for you. You know, maybe it's planting a seed for you to come back to later, but that's been really beautiful. It's like the right information comes at the right time. And the right people show up at the right time if you're looking out for them, if you're asking for them, if, you know, you're just kind of sending that out to the universe of like, this is what I'm looking for. The right person will show up because they have for me over and over and over again. And so this podcast journey is really about me sharing my story and then me sharing the wisdom by speaking with those incredible people that I have met along the way that do all sorts of different modalities. Um, Some things may feel totally like connected to where you're at in your journey. And some may feel way out of your comfort zone and that's okay. You know, this is here, this is here just for me to share all the possibilities that are out there because a lot of these things, I had no idea that they existed. And A lot of them I also would have probably been skeptical about in the beginning because I wasn't connected to my body. I wasn't connected to my emotions. I wasn't connected to the way that I felt, the sensations that I felt. I didn't listen to the signals that my body was giving me. And I was pretty like, I was kind of just like powering through life 
And it doesn't feel good. Once you know that there's a different way of going about it, there's no way that you can go back. Like the only way is forward. And that's the way that I've been approaching this journey is like something will be uncovered. I'll work through it. And then something else presents itself. And that's just kind of how life is. And that's beautiful because we're all here living this life together. And we're all here to share what we've learned along the way. And if we can do that with an open mind and an open heart and just stay curious and embrace each other's paths, then that's the way forward for us. So the reason I called this podcast Waves of Love is because throughout this journey and throughout meeting the people that I've met along the way and connecting to myself deeper along this journey, there have been these moments of like pure, deep, just connection to myself, to God, the divine, to something larger than myself, whatever you want to call that. Um, and to love, like it is love is the essence of who we are, who, what our truth is and who we all are together in this world. And so waves of love are just those moments of deep connection and knowing to who you are, to your truth, to your essence. And so I hope that through some of these conversations, through some of the information that I'm going to share from what I've experienced, that maybe you can experience some of those too. So thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to move along this journey with you.